And this is episode 270 of the Gold Squadron Podcast. I'm your host, Dion Morales. And today, I'm joined by Marcel YYYBBB666666666. Manzano. I'm trying to count if you got all the sixes right. I, th- I, I think you did. I'll give it to I you. I did. I did. Will, let me in. Hagwood. Ooh, I'm still recovering from those early mornings, Dion. <laughs> and Ryan, zooming and booming. Stanizuski. Both in some of the lists I'm considering for Gen Con and describing my son because he's starting to like show signs of being on the move. Good luck. Yep. <laughs> no. Now you just have to teach him the word no. And uh, we all set. <laughs> I saw him. Uh, I woke up from a nap and I go to check the camera and I'm like, well, you're awake because you've rolled over on your stomach and you're holding your, your top half of yourself up looking around. All right. Well, I guess that's a thing now. All righty. Well, today we're going to be talking about what happened this weekend, the Malachor Galactic Qualifier. Now, if you're wondering, what about all the things that AMG talked about, all the new stuff? Don't worry. We're going to be doing a separate recording with all of that, so don't worry. And if you're watching live, that second recording is happening right after this one. So stick around if you want it. All right. Um... Our podcast brought to you by our patrons. Thank you so much. Patreon.com slash Gold Squadron. If you want to get cool stuff and support us at the same time, reminder uh, that things are shipping in July. So that's awesome. My friends, Malachor, the second Galactic Championship qualifier, happened this weekend. Uh, It happened during the Western Europe time zone. That's where it was built around. Um, And the results look different i was a little confused i guess well we'll we'll break that down here i want to start by going ahead and uh looking at our faction breakdown before we actually look at the uh the list so i'm gonna go ahead i'm gonna flip to here so check that out if you by the way if you want to take a look at this on your own uh people at home you can go to goldsquadronpodcast.com so um Marcel, go ahead. Give me that faction breakdown. Give me Swiss first, followed by the cut. All right. So for the Swiss, is that what you got right now? The faction breakdown? Yeah. So the, yeah, the one Swiss, on top. you've got 12 separatists, four Republic. No, no, that's Galactic Republic. Yeah. 10 Rebel, 11 Scum, 16 Empire, 11 Resistance, and uh, only 8 First Order. Um, And then the cut, you had 2 CIS, 0 Republic, 1 Rebel, 3 Scum, 6 Empire, 0 Resistance, and 0 First Order. Very odd. And, and that's that's where I want to go. If we go back to Sullust, if we go back to Sullust, there was – you just go ahead and look at, at the left side here. Uh, there was a ton of first order, and there was a double first order final, a double first order final. And we go from that to 
absolutely no first order showing up in the cut. And what is more surprising to me was that we only had a after. Mind you, it was a month, a month between both. But even that, four weeks, um, only eight people bringing bringing first order, which was a championship-level list, um, which kind of goes back to a question that was actually posed to us under our, uh, under our list of the week. So I kind of want to go there. They ask, um, is the community hive mind that fast on solving what squads are dominant, or did it have to do with a different meta for Europe versus U.S.? Um, is what what do you guys think i will tell you when it comes to attendance um the we had i would say equal the same ratio of u.s to europeans in this that we had at solace so there wasn't a major swing towards europeans they may have been different players but it wasn't a, a major swing ryan i'd love to hear your thoughts on what what do you think happened to the first order uh, to the first order specifically, I mean, I can't really speak to why people moved off because I do think as a faction, uh, I don't know if they're the, I don't actually know theoretically who the best faction overall is at this point, but I'd say first order is in the top half. That's for sure. It's in the top three. There's so many pieces in the faction that you can plug into and make different style lists very viable. Anything from like, triple silencer and malarus to what we saw end up winning the last solist event which was your fombers two fos and, and wylo um so what happened here i haven't got a chance to look at the breakdown of the lists of the fo that didn't make it to know what the average composition was mm -hmm. um and how much of it really was the fombers with chaff missiles and maybe people trying people figuring their out their way out figuring out ways around it either through actual tech or through just actually playing and positioning um this could just be one of those events where a lot of people see how things have uh transpired as the meta kind of evolved you know the, the early parts where there's a rebel alpha and there's there's a lot of imperial tie fighters that can mix into various empire lists okay that was a starting point okay what goes after that all right the first order showed up and did their thing and now we see separatists showing up in multiple variations doing really well um in this event or at least the final result of it um technically i think the empire still had the best cut conversion rate but this might have just been a sheer chance of a lot of people trying different things trying to find the next thing trying to find what can do okay against all those three aspects because there's nothing in my mind right now that's going to do good against all three of the current sort of pillars of the meta that we we see as you should probably have a plan for this when you're planning for an event the rebel alpha the imperial with many ties plus a, a vader of some type and some variation of first order and some of their tools they use to disrupt you or just the, the silence or chassis being as good as it is so at this point um it might kind of show how well-rounded everything is right now there are a couple of factions that haven't shown up well yet but some of those factions i'm highly considering for gen con there's some stuff in republican resistance i really like and, so, and, and that's that's where i kind of want to pass the pass the puck now is where, where's the republic 
I, I thought I thought they were good, Will. Were they? I, I mean, they have. They got the force. <laughs> I heard the force was I good. Mean, the force is very good. Uh, the the pieces that they've been utilizing have been excellent, but. Uh, people have really been favoring those chaff clouds. Uh, they want a high initiative alpha strikes like torpedoes in uh, mass. Uh, and the Republic does neither one of those very well. With the reliance on the Aether Sprites and the uh, Adas, uh, very fast, high, highly maneuverable, low health ships. Mm -hmm. A lot of these like uh, big attacks uh, and the debuff mechanics that everyone's bringing, whether it's chaff or jam or what have you, uh, that is uh, very detrimental to these aces, uh, the, the low health aces anyways. Uh, so it, I don't think it's a problem that the faction's bad. It just has such a high ceiling uh, that you need to. Uh, first, what do I want to say? The skill uh, has such a high skill floor. Hmm. You need to fly it very well. The moment you start making mistakes, it can easily come back and uh, lose you the game. So I can see why people are looking for a little bit more reliability in their uh, matchups by looking at uh, different factions. All right. Now, Marcel, you've, I think out of all of us, has maybe flown the most Republic. Uh, now, I know you haven't been on it for a while. Uh, like, do, do you have any other thoughts on Republic? Do you see something that could maybe... Make a make a splash here. We got Gen Con just around the corner. Yeah, I think um, definitely there's something to do with the lat and the um, the the what, what is it? The initiative for like, the hawk. I think it's called. Yeah, hawk. Um, yeah, so there's some with the lat and and then just a, a number of players. There there's some decent ships and there's decent ships that are that are. Um, decent on their own but but they don't there's not that many sh lists the ships that play well together mm. and, and i think that really is is, is where it, it 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 may struggle uh there is a list that uh barto shared with me um that i think has a lot of legs that's very so so uh, i i i I'm trying to remember exactly what it was, but it had to do with, with, with I think it's, don't they get, they, they got the new Z95s, didn't they? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was a bunch of Z95s and some other stuff. And then I think there was a, um, it, it was, it was wonky, but it, it made a ton of sense once you figured out what it wanted to do, which was a bunch of Z95s. And, and there was a, uh, uh, what is that called? That the one that Padme, there you go. Uh, a Padme in there. Uh, but again, you, you, you have to get really creative and even something like that has a lot of legs. But if you are with a high ceiling as, as uh, I don't know if Will or, or Ryan was were, were speaking about it. So I, I think there's stuff available, but there's also things that easily counter a lot of a, a lot of the strengths of the Republic. Um, one of them is the one of the strengths of the Republic is their mobility. And now with the objective changes, 
they don't have they used to win at turn zero they don't win turn zero anymore because uh the opponent has the has that opportunity to to kind of set up and and punish you at turn two um and also the changes to to the objectives not just you know no more round one uh engaging with the objectives but also the one where you only get three objectives that you have to flip so that's one that they used to be good at because they take the action and then they still have the, um, the passive now you know if you have vader with five tie fighters that you don't need that passive because you just got so many ships on the board and then the the tow one where, where you where you tow that thing around mm -hmm. salvage mission yeah yeah it's actually a detriment now uh, now when you pick that up it, it's, it's 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 a negative you're like i don't want to pick it up with my with my ship because then i'm stuck you know i'm you know the, i'm gonna be here I, i'm not repositioning the opponent basically it turns your your you even let, let's say the delta b it turns your delta mm -hmm. b into an x-wing uh you know so because you're not barrel rolling doing you know you're not taking advantage of that double reposition or mm -hmm. or even that single reposition you're just stuck you know you're z95 with the three <laughs> attack dice so i think that that's that struggles with it and now i did want to say just about the the breakout yeah i have a very limited um you know it's, it's not it's not like a i talked to a lot of people but i played and i you know I, the, there was four people that i played against right no five five people that i played against i went three and two so i took three yv666s Basically, I made the list 10 minutes before the, the the game started. I was having fun. I didn't have any expectations. Three and two actually got me into the the, the next thing, didn't it? It did. Oh, sweet. Okay. Yep. Um, but I played out of the five. I've played. I played two defender plus plus stuff, and mm -hmm. those were my two losses. And then I also played three just really funny wonky list you know like mine and the my losses didn't come till later so i, I was playing against other people that were winning mm -hmm. and at least from the five people that i played all five of them were like hey we're just having a good time versus um trying like the, the try hard and i wonder how, how did i just get the five people that were having a good time or was that just the environment of the even the last person that beat me when i was three and one and the last person that was also three and one he's like um you know you know he beat me and he made the cut he's like i'm not gonna play because i got like church duty or something tomorrow uh so yeah again he was just there to have a good time so i don't know how again i don't know how competitive people were versus how you know, well your guy your guy played in the themselves. cut so Oh, he did play. <laughs> he did play. All of them oh, played. Oh, bamboozled. He, he, he backed <laughs> out. Of, uh, he had. He said he had to teach Sunday school, so he backed out. He <laughs> was like, "Got a substitute teacher." <laughs> yeah. Got, oh no, he was. He was. But, the, yeah. All of them were. I don't know who it was. So I'm just saying, all of them. All of them uh, were there. The the well, I, I lost the defender. So it was the defender plus five, tie fighters. 
All right, uh, Ryan. Did you want to say anything about the Republic stuff? I, I thought I saw I thought I saw some bubbling there. Yeah, well, a couple things because uh, Marcel kind of transitioned to another part. But uh, I want to bring up one. So this is this isn't calling any Republic player out at all. Mm-hmm. I'm just noting the amount of of Republic lists taken at Malachor and at Sullust were both single digits. Is that even noteworthy enough data to make any claim on Republic at this point? No, I, I, I think the the only data that we have is, I think it raises more of a question: Why are we not seeing more Republic? Is it just because there isn't something obvious that's really really good? Is that's, that that's my that's my guess? Is it? It's a non-obvious faction. The only thing obvious about it is passive mods, which we know are generally good. But there isn't a lot of clear-cut, here's what helps against Torps, or here's what helps against Defender Vader, or, like, there's not the immediate answer. You need to go put things together and fly it and see how it works in all the scenarios. So uh, I, I think there just hasn't been real-time investment into it, to be honest, in, in the faction in total. Um, well, I mean, we, we other- there's only four lists. We could just go, roll, roll through those real quick if you want to just do a quick Republic review. <laughs> no, it's fine. I, I, I think people just keep looking around. But here's, here's, here's my thing. If you're running Republic lists without Anakin or Obi-Wan, you probably need to build again. Like I have seen people be successful with the with like the a lat and a bunch of Z's, but it doesn't make cut clearly. Um, or X, I think I've seen the XTC games a couple times. So like it's it's done well in some aspects, or there's some variations of Republic with not Jedi. But man, any version of Anakin is. A, a murder ship. <laughs> they all shoot really big damage or mess with you. And Obi's just always good. So whether it's both or one of them, you probably need to be starting there. And I do agree with, uh, I don't know, Marcel or Will mentioned uh, the lat. It's a really good piece. Um, so just look around, figure it out. Um, and then when Marcel started mentioning like some weird trends about this event in particular, maybe were people taking it as competitive, I had someone um, check how many actual lists had more than one proton torpedo in a list? Because we're expecting, like, a lot of things can take proton torpedoes in multiple factions. It's not just Rebel. Scum can do it. Republic can actually do it, too. And Resistance can do it. Zori Poe. I think that's kind of the main ones. But either way, there were only six-ish, I think, six total lists in the entire event that had multiple proton torpedoes in a list otherwise it was a single proton torpedo and stuff or maybe a proton and an ion torp whatever mm-hmm. so like surprisingly the alphas just didn't show up like they alpha in a different way but the clear easy here's a proton torpedo at i5 or higher or whatever wasn't there yeah and for the, for those that that did they didn't do well and that's something i wanted to transition to is talk a little bit about rebels um we had 10 Rebel lists, one made the cut, and the ones near the bottom are Luke, Wedge, and Thinks, which I just I, – I, I want to I transition there. And obviously, Proton Torpedoes have always been good, right? Four dice attacks that punch you in the face. If you can multi, uh, double modify them, then that's great. Um, and 
I, I by no means am, am saying that that Rebel Alpha is is over. But do you think it's is it a a boredom thing? Is it like ah, I, 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 are we at that point where it's like I just want to try new stuff? I agree. Yeah, and Marcel's nodding. He's had a bunch too. Will a little bit so. Right. Yeah, I think it's experimental time, right? I think the pe people normally be like, oh, the new other is like so quickly solved or whatever. I was like, well, it, the powerful things can be quickly identified, mm -hmm. but how you counter those powerful things, which I think is why uh, we don't see the proton torpedoes doing well, it's because everybody's getting prepared for them, whether you have jamming mechanics or loss of actions blocking because you're bringing extra numbers uh these kind of tools to eliminate the need for that and kind of in the same response uh people not wanting to take proton torpedoes because of so much jam mechanics floating around that they want to be able to shoot without that uh crutch mm. yeah i think Aiden is a big reason why like if i you know i'm I'm still on the fence on gen con but if i were to go um i Aiden alone would be enough to 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 kind of make me wonder if i'm taking any any alpha any alpha that is relying on that initial strike uh, because there's other alpha that that has staying power you know for example um uh ray you know the you know the resistance ray mm -hmm has staying power like it'll come in it'll make you burn that 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 um that item charge and then it'll sloop and it'll do it again still hit just as hard exactly it has staying power uh and and there's a couple other ones you know boba fett has staying power and there's there's a lot of uh ships that have staying power at, uh, but that rebel alpha has very limited staying power because the two agility without passive mods on defense just burn you know you burn through those so easily they they need to capitalize on that on, on that initial attack and um i think for me personally that's why i would not fly it mm -hmm. uh and i also believe that it has to do a little bit with uh, online play what the a kind of list that i would fly in an online tournament is different than the kind of list that i would fly in a uh in an in-person tournament i personally just tend to be a little bit more loose and more creative with my um with my online lists than i am with my in-person lists like mm. in my in-person lists i usually stick to things that that i know a little bit better uh versus things that i'm figuring out in an online tournament any including xcc like it doesn't matter like the level of caliber just in an online tournament i'm more likely to fly something that i'm that i'm winging it and i'll figure it out versus but do, do you think that is the norm or is that just i mean i i, I can agree that some people are more willing especially when it when you don't have to uh sort through boxes for several hours to find those models or, or things that that are more weird to take to to a league night or a, or a in the in-person tournament uh and online it just takes like three seconds to, to load it up you're probably more willing to to play weirder stuff because of that but i mean 
I, I don't know. And it depends that, on, on how try hard you are. Right. I mean, really, really, right? And also, it depends on how much stuff you own and are willing to, to your point, are, are willing to break. Am, am I going without arena? Is that what it's called, arena? Uh, uh, infinite arenas, yes. Yeah, without infinite arenas, I would not fly a 35, 36 upgrade squad. Uh, I would, in, a, in an online tournament, I would put 30, 40. You know, I would try to thin it down and make it manageable because you're, you're, you're thinking about the logistics. You're thinking about carrying stuff. How are you going to carry it? How are you going to set it up? Uh, it's just a lot more to, to consider. So you want to fly something that's that 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 probably is a little less tech well at least me i'm talking about you mm -hmm. I, I would i i probably want to fly something that's a little less less taxing on the mind because um again there's 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 no there's no pause you just like play 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 you get like two seconds and your only pause is to run to the bathroom and come back you know right so i i think that i think that plays into it a little bit okay all right, interesting. I, I, that is an interesting thought. Well, it is time to go ahead and break down that top cut of Malachor. Uh, I am always excited to, to just take a look at these lists, see what are the new things that popped up, because we did have some archetypes that weren't present at Solist, uh make some big splashes. And uh, since Stan Azuski is our separatist um, aficionado, I would say biggest fan at least M most willing to fly is maybe the maybe the best <laughs> the best description uh I'm gonna let him go ahead and start by talking about our champion Andrew Bolduck and his winning list so Andrew brought a separatist list that I believe saw did see some success at Solist by another player uh but I believe a couple different spins here and there, but generally the archetype of Django, Grievous, Cad Bane, and DFS 081. Grievous running, uh, I, I feel like they should just print a standardized card of this Grievous at this point, the Outmaneuver Impervient Blading Solus one. Just, just, just do an Infinite Arenas, we know that's what it's going to be. Um, Django Fett uh, with Notorious, Count Dooku, Proton Bombs, False Transponder Codes, Delayed Fuses, Slave One, Better Tail Gunner. Cad Bane uh, running Ion Cannon and Heavy Laser, my my preferred loadout for weapon-wise. Uh, Treacherous, because Django took Notorious. And uh, Xanadu Blood and the Proximity Mines, which with Cad Bane's ability can be easier to threaten and set up sometimes. Something dies on the board, Cad Bane can do repositions to better set up that Prox Mine. And then just the Discord Missiles, Independent Calc for 081. So, um generally very pvp oriented list uh you want to go and kill stuff uh not a lot of these ships really want to do a ton of uh scenario interactions other than Django's really good at making sure he covers uh zones and assault um cad bane and grievous both have boost which is valuable in that as well for going fast and then the vulture can just sit on a rock near a, a zone in the back with grappling struts and just contest it the entire game. That's right, Salt's just post up. For this, one. this list probably doesn't like salvage too much, minus the vultures grabbing it and sitting on a sitting on a rock. Uh, Cad Bane might be able to mitigate it a little bit. Uh, he is uh, 
little more on the jousty-ish side, uh, but he's got the repositions to kind of move around as he needs to. Um, so it depends on how you play him. Uh, and then, obviously, Chance, this can do pretty well in, because it is uh, it does already want to uh, destroy stuff. Albeit, a lot of the good uh, firepower outside of Django is coming from ships at I-4. So there's some of those chances that you get an initiative kill, but Grievous is really hard to take out, especially if you are bringing proton torpedoes. The crit change is a must, so Impervium is going to be triggering very often as ship crits are more... Uh, off or as a higher percentage in the deck than pilot. I forget what the exact percentage is. Um, and then what? Uh, scramble. Some of these guys can easily do. I mean, as long as Grievous is out of arc, you know, just do an action, pick up the thing. Vulture will, will, will tag one. Django can tag one if you want. You got you got mods with uh, Tuku. So well rounded, has good and bad things on, on all scenarios, but uh, definitely vi uh, strong enough, viable enough in my mind to, de to get this type of result. Not a big surprise. Oh yeah, if that grievous gets a good I just realized position. I said all of that completely muted. Fantastic. Oh, no. Cuz right. I cough. Uh, One more time. Um, <laughs> that's funny that you say that <laughs> because uh salvage mission was the final scenario uh and uh, ended up beating a list that I was surprised to that it, that that Many of the people who play Choose Your Champion uh, were, were thinking that it would have the advantage. So let's go ahead and take a look at that second place list. Uh, Marcel, take a look. All right, so you got uh, Attila Bodnar Sobchak, I think that's how you pronounce it, Totem. And uh, he was flying General Grievous with the standard loadout of Outmaneuver, Impervium, and Solus One. Cad Bane with Notorious, Ion Cannon, Electroshaft Missiles, False Transponder Codes, Engine Upgrade, um, and the title. Then one, two, three Separatist Drones with Discord Missiles, Grappling Struts, and Independent Calculations. DFS 081 with Energy Shell Charges, William, Energy Shell Charges, Independent Calculations, and Grappling Struts. Uh, I don't know how you pronounce this guy. Heor? Har? Hor? Har? Heor. Heyo! With uh, the child prototype uh, droid fighter with energy shell charges, independent calculations, and grappling struts. That's one, two, three, four, five, six. Is that seven? One, two, seven three, ships, four, yeah. Five, six, seven. Yeah, you're right. Wait. Is that right? Yeah, it's seven. Seven. Each of those drones is two points. So yeah, so that's five. Them. So five got you. Okay. Yep. My, my 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 brain was doing the little gif with the numbers flying everywhere, <laughs> and it was overloading. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty, pretty. Just looking looking at this list, um, you know, seeing a, a different version of uh, of Cad Bane also do really well was interesting. Uh, we we called the first one during the stream. It was Chad Bane because of the heavy laser cannon, and then this was Chaff Bane. All right, because of uh, like the the electro chaff. <laughs> um. And I, I, I thought about this when I got the numbers, when I talked about the proton torpedo amount taken in this event. I wonder how well this list does if it gets put in an environment where people are taking a lot of those alphas again. Um, not to say that this separate swarm can't do well in that environment. I just want to see what happens on a continuing basis going forward. Mm -hmm. I, I think that the... I mean, it didn't make it to the, it didn't make it here. Obviously, these were the finals. But I think the numbers probably would play out that the um, the boogeyman or what you need to, I mean, you have to build against everything, right? But like, if you have to put one thing above everything else that you have to build against, I would say it's not Alpha Strike. I would say you have to build against um, Empire because I think, you know, Empire is going to be, the highest concentration of stuff that you face and the highest concentration of stuff that you face as you as you like get past like the initial rounds into the you know xo and x1 type of brackets there's mm -hmm. just a higher concentration of empire so I, I i i mean this plays decent against it especially with those discord discord missiles discords are great uh anti-empire stuff but um I don't know because we talk a lot about about proton torpedoes and wedge and uh, Kylo with protons and stuff like that, but I think the Empire is the boogeyman more than that. All right, well we'll we'll see a few of those imperialists here soon, uh, but first let's take a look at Nicholas Godwill. All right, Nicholas God is flying the scum and villainy has two fire sprays and the razor crest. Those fire sprays are built out very similar. Uh, they have trick shot, uh, electro chaffed missiles, a force crew, and a tidal. Uh, Kath uh, taking the slave one and giving her marauder to Iman Amazin. I assume it has to be some loadout thing of why they, uh, no, because they're both free, aren't they? For shame. Let uh, justice for Cass having the Marauder. Let her fly her own ship. Uh, but either way, uh, these guys are able to launch those shaft clouds and then uh, using their uh, hard ones or hard twos, they can uh, start going the opposite direction and get trick shots out their rear arc. Uh, such a good chassis utilizing uh, the force crew, as these guys actually don't have pilot abilities in this squad. Right, they, they, none of the stuff that they need for it was, is equipped or in the squad. No, no, do not need those things. Uh, so just for fun, I guess, uh, to uh, choose those pilots. It is the Initiative 4, which is very powerful right now. So it must have been the reason for that. Uh, then I said uh, the Razor Crest rounding out the squad has uh, Q9 as the pilot, and uh, the ch this is a party bus. The Child, The Mandalorian, Boba Fett, 
Babu Frick, all on uh, the Razor Crest uh, assault ship. Uh, that reinforced, we rarely see in the Mandalorian because it's too busy flying the ship, but the reinforce coming from the Mandalorian, a uh, very impactful of keeping this uh i'm gonna say slow as it likes to do stop maneuvers uh but a uh a ship who lacks reposition a lot of the time but it can sit there tank those shots with the child force uh and then dump any uh bad tokens onto babu frick makes a great tank allowing these two faster fire sprays to come in on the uh on the flank yeah, in in our game that we got to stream with Nicholas God, he did end up losing that game, but you saw the potential for how much damage that ship could soak up. It was a little bit ridiculous just because those force tokens, you know, they're they're regenerating on damage plus the reinforce um behind the two agility, it was uh yeah. It was. It was pretty. Yeah, I need. I need to have sponge. someone put down the official uh, amount of like red dice it would take to actually take down this ship, uh, because it's very impressive. Uh, the almost unlimited force and the reinforce kind of equating to three agility mm -hmm. uh, is very tanky. Gotta love it. Let's continue here. Marco Tamlin uh, with our first Mar um, Empire uh, appearance. One thing that you'll see in all these Empire lists, everybody's got Jingoists. Who's got a Jingoist? You do. We all do. So two ISB Jingoists with Dead Man Switch. Vizier in the TIE Reaper with Palpatine. Merrick Steele. In the TIE X1 with Marksmanship, Ruthlessness, Fire Control Sister, and Afterburners. As a reminder, Merrick is the um, uh, the ship that uh, can, when you deal a crit, you get to look at three of them and choose the one that is best for the situation. You're looking for double damages or ways to do multiple damage to ships. And then Rexler Brath out there with Juke, Fire Control System, and Heavy Laser Cannons that is in the Defender um, being able to flip cards face up, which we did get to see that uh, reveal a double damage on stream happened. Uh, it was good stuff. So, I will tell you, when I saw that this was our best-performing um, Imperial list, I think the, the most notable thing is we've had a lot of talk about Vader in the Defender, and we will see Vader. That's not a surprise. But I found this to be a very creative um, take on you know the points that you would spend on Vader getting uh, you still get a defender plus Palpatine and uh, and Merrick still I, I really really like this list uh, it's revolving significantly around uh, crits and you have the Jingoists out there um, basically screening and Palpatine for uh, for consistency so that's a that's a pretty pretty nifty list I like it. Let's uh, let's continue the Empire train. Another list without Vader, Ryan. Sorry, was getting the numbers that Will requested for the whole. How durable is that Razor Crest, uh, the Q9? But I'll I'll do the Empire list. We'll get back to that in a moment. All right, so we're on Alex Felici Fe Feliciano. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
we have the probably first sighting pretty sure it's first sighting of a decimator in the top cut mm-hmm. Morna key i actually uh had my eye on this decimator a little bit because the potential of the double reinforce to reinforce the back about before you go into engagement double reinforce the front or just take the single reinforce if you're facing a bunch of other opposing two die attack ships you probably don't need the two you really only need the two for the torps uh when you're facing those down but running with dauntless proximity mines a ruthless delayed fuses and Darth Vader crew. Most people pick up that Darth Vader pilot, but that crew is still very powerful. Actually, probably really good against opposing Vaders and many other ships that may want to keep those focus or evade tokens for offense or defense. Got Iden Versio in a TIE fighter with ruthless discipline, concussion missiles, and jamming beam. Gideon Hask in a TIE fighter with discipline, ruthless, and concussion missile. Moff Gideon, TIE fighter with ruthless targeting a Peter concussion missile and ISP Jinguis dead man switch ISP Jinguis dead man switch um, it's interesting that both Aiden and Gideon only have the ability to shoot those concussions when discipline triggers uh, apparently it worked out well enough and actually the thing with Gideon TIE fighter I'm going to double check this pretty sure it's true uh, that missile can be boosted by his own ability Sure can. Um, it's just perform an attack against the damaged defender. So that miss that concussion missile can be more powerful with Gideon's uh, base ship ability. This could be uh, just as dangerous as we've seen on the Wylos with shattering shot concussion missiles. Those four dice, much cheaper four dice uh, munition in this aspect. So you have basically one, two, three, four, five TIE Fighters, three of them for three points, being Aiden, Moff Gideon, and Gideon Hask. Um, was this ever on stream? Yep, we sure did. Okay, cool. I was curious to see how it's flown in terms of how tight or loose the TIE's formations uh... are how much advantage that that Moff Gideon ability really puts through on top of maybe some of the ruthless effects. Alex had on stream leaned into uh, blowing up a jingoist, uh, very purposely uh, extended it to make sure it wasn't at range one of any other ships, uh, then blew it up. <laughs> ruthless, uh, ruthless, is that ruthless, ruthless, yes. ruthless? <laughs> um, because all these guys are initiative four, you can shoot with the jingoist and then ruthless every hit you have into it. You can strain it twice with Moth Gideon's ability, and Alex leaned into that, made sure it happened. Yeah, that's that's also the other part too, right? Not only do you have the everyone at I four, so ruthless uh, as much health off of it as you need to, but on top of that, if they're in that spot to be doing that, they're also in that spot to use Moff Gideon's ability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty cool to see. I, was, I will say he lost his game because in the late game he took the he took his foot off the gas and wasn't willing to dead man switch the second. Uh, Tie fighter, which would have won him the game. Uh, in, uh, well, hindsight, well. hindsight's twenty twenty. But stick uh, to your guns, literally. <laughs> um, so speaking of um, sticking to your guns, you're gonna need a lot of guns to take out that Q nine. By the way, uh, putting in some numbers into the durability calculator on uh, X wing dice calculator. 
You have a gate of storms, an old website not a lot of people are aware of, but it's great for just getting base numbers. So because you have, if if you have two defense dice on every shot, which you're probably not going to on Q9, on the high end, it will take 11, 11 and a quarter three die attack focus shots to bring down because you essentially have uh, hate, reinforce, and a max of two force. Um, and then if you drop it down to one defense dice for all the attacks, you're at eight and a half three die focus attacks to be able to bring it down. So put it somewhere in the middle because it's going to be sometimes two dice and sometimes going to be one. And maybe it's going to be three dice at range three, you know? So your average is probably going to take about 10. <laughs> Just ask for 10 three die focus attacks. That's Beef. absurd. That's absurd amounts of damage <laughs> that that thing can I mean, that, tank. That razor crest is as durable as any YV or decimator, basically. Beefy, beefy, beefy. All right, let's uh, let's keep it going here. We're moving on to San Sam Durbin, and it's our first appearance of Vader. Uh, I'll take this one, Marcel, because I got a cooler one for you. All right, so Sam Durbin, uh, How Runner. With elusive swarm tactics, ISB Jingoist times two, one of them with, uh, sorry, no, lies, just one with contraband cybernetics, uh, Iden Versio with elusive ion cannon, Wampa with discipline, and Vader in the defender with malice, juke, heavy laser cannon. Um, Iden out there soaking up shots and trying to let those um, TIE Fighters survive. Howrunner is not a ship that we've seen too much of, but can add to that offensive consistency with those TIE Fighters if you're keeping them in the block, which uh, at times can be a good thing, but at times can also be a bad thing. So uh, we didn't get to see Sam on stream, but obviously did well enough to get into the cut and, uh, and make it pretty deep. Next, let's go Alex Schlater. Uh, I thought you might get a kick out of this, Marcel. Hit it. Sweet. I think Sam was one of my losses. Um, so we've got Han Solo and the uh, Scum and Villainy. So we got Scum Han with the title, Trick Shot, Agile Gunner, Maul, and Engine Upgrade. Good loadout. Uh, Eamon, Azamine Fire Spray with Andrasta, Electroshaft Missiles, Notorious. Proximity Mines, Dead Man Switch, Kira, and the Leg Fuses. Oh, wow. That's an interesting one. So only Electric Shaft Missiles and Proximity Mines. Uh, and he's doing Andrasa, which gives you two additional bombs left, which allows you to, to do this. And then Catch Scarlet Fire Spray with Marauder, the Child, Veteran Tail Gunner, Electric Shaft Missiles, and Trick Shot. Um... This is the second three scum list that we see in the top. Um, and I think that's probably, you know, the scum struggles at, at the... They got a couple three good pointers, three pointers that are okay. But they struggle in the four to five point range. I think this is where they, in the six, seven, and eight point ships is really where they shine. Um, really cool list. I like it. Um, now, not, now, which mall is it? Is it the take take a damage, take a stress, re, regen your force? What are you talking about? Electro, Jeff? No, which mall? Oh, which which mall was it? That 
was I'm assuming it was the one that you regen your stress after every time you I mean you stress for regening your force is what I would imagine I gotta look I gotta look at the code one second now while, while you're looking at the code the interesting thing that I do find is Kira is not on Han Solo it's on Eamon I thought that, that that's kind of interesting so to I'm answer your to question on Maul, um, it was the Mandalore Maul, just the the coordinate and the force. So it was a coordinator. Okay. Yeah. So sometimes coordinating at I six, we don't have a good option with boosting fire sprays. Yeah. Yeah, I found Han Solo to really do really well. Why? Why all these Cath Scarlets? I I feel like Kashka is better. Is that I four? You're throwing out chaff. You got to be the same chance initiative to, as those jingoists. Chance, chance to stress things. Kashka's like a mini boba with those rerolls if stuff is stressed. I, I, I literally think it's just because of the the initiative. It's the force. People, That's a crutch. That's a crutch. What's but the, it's a crutch. Uh, it it holds me both? up. It's working. <laughs> it's, do, do they it, have the it, same loadout? It's, I'm not saying it's not viable to have more than one thing at the same initiative to help your movement, but you're literally not using Kath almost at all besides here's my orange the same as this orange so try I mean there is different loadout point difference maybe people specifically want a certain loadout but um, yeah I think Koshka is just better alright in, in this you wouldn't get the trick shot uh, specifically or sorry in um in this list, you wouldn't get a couple extra extra upgrades. There is a loadout difference, so maybe it is just most loadout. Just uh, those Probably. couple, couple extra points that people want to take. I want my toys, man. I need all the toys. All right, well let's uh, let's keep it going, Will. We have Dan Sunderland. All right, Dan is rocking. The Galactic Empire has Darth Raider Defender, uh, but this one uh, bucks the normal trend here. Has Malice, pretty normal. Has Heavy Laser Cannon, pretty normal. Uh, but has swapped out Juke for Cluster Missiles and Daredevil. Uh, so Daredevil gives you a hard turn boost for the cost of a stress, uh, and then uh, obviously, the cluster missiles give you multiple attacks there. So no juke, so does not need to always do the full throttle maneuvers. And probably has crazy time on target with that daredevil. Uh, the rest of the squad here, Aiden leading a bunch of Tyle Lens. She's got elusive ion cannon, two Jinguus with contraband cybernetics, Fallon Rudor with marksmanship, and Wampa with elusive uh, so here we see another Aiden versio uh, in a imperial uh, squan another one, the thing that marcel had noted that could uh, prevent those alpha strikes uh, from doing anything basically uh, wedge sure uh, lay in four crits into one of my tie fighters Aiden's gonna say uh, no uh, then shoot back five times at you so out of curiosity, since I think most of the Jinguists we've seen have been dead man switch. Well, it's Sam also had a contraband. Um, why 
contraband and not overtuned. Contraband only helps you when you either are stressed or are going to be doing a red maneuver. Overtune can already help you with the before red maneuver anyway, but Overtune can also help you get mods when you want to do scenario actions. I got an answer for that. So it's because um, the jingoists want to be at range one a lot and they bump focus to stay alive a lot of the time. So if you're just considering this round, a bump focus means you're stressed and you can't use the overtuned. But with, um, with contraband cybernetics, you can do a white maneuver and still take your action, or you can do a red maneuver. You can bump focus, take a red maneuver, double stress, but at least you're, you're, not, you're not so much worried about the, the, you know, the action than the ability to execute the maneuver. So it, it allows you to execute a red maneuver after you're already stressed. And, and I think it has to do with um, just the nature of the ISB jingoist that wants to be up close and, and stay in a dogfight and doesn't want to disengage to re-engage later. Okay. No, that makes some of that makes sense too. To like how they fly, they want to be up close, more likely to bump. Yeah. All right, we're gonna keep the party started. We got another familiar list here: Sean Oakley with Han Solo, Cass Scarlet, Iman Azami. A little bit of a pattern here. Um, we have uh, a little bit of different flavor, though. Each of these have, have just a little tweak. So Han Solo, Trick Shot, Lando Calrissian, IG-88D, Agile Gunner, Rig Cargo Shoot, Electronic Baffle, Lando's Millennium Falcon. Cast Scarlet with Elusive, Electro Chaff, Savage Oppress for some force, Marauder Title, and Skilled Bombardier to be able to adjust those Electro Chaffs. And... Iman has Electro Chaff, Ahsoka Tano, Andrasta, and Concussion Bombs. So each of the different variations we have here prioritized the ability, at least of Iman, more or less. Um, I'm not surprised to see the double force users here, the Savage for one and Ahsoka for one for the other. Uh, and I know we did have Sean on stream and Will, when we were commentating, one of the things we talked about for these... Um, for these crew cards is that it's one of the rare situations where it's more than just a force. Yeah, it's because uh, the, the two abilities, right? Being able yeah. to hand off it into uh, changing a single force charge into a focus token is an upgrade worth doing. Now you have to do it to another ship, you can't do it to yourself, uh, but that has some interesting ways to support uh, in this squad, even though it traditionally, you don't see the fire spray as a support piece. So good, so good. All right, let's keep the party going here. Uh, Charles Holcomb flying uh, another variation here, uh, Galactic Empire, Darth Vader with Malice, Juke, Heavy Laser, Wampa with Elusive, two ISB Jingoists, one with Cloaking Device, one with False Transponder, and then Major Vermeil with Elusive, Palpatine, and Targeting Computer. Uh, cloaking Device. Why, gents? I... I I, I, he did well enough to get to the cut. I just... I, bold? 
I would like to know why, your thoughts. Why not? Cloak is good. And so one thing I actually reread recently is in Salvage. Mm -hmm. uh, when you So when you pick up the box, the wording on the cloak means you cannot gain a cloak token while holding the box. You don't get rid of it immediately. You do. You still... Now you do. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure you, you pop it off. You, there's you a lose line all in there. Cloak tokens. You lose it, it all falls cloak. off. It, it, you don't decloak. It just falls off. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was my other loss. Read it pretty recently. Yeah, and the uh, that was my other loss. And the cloaking device um, was extremely valuable because I was flying three YVs, which basically puts out a ton of damage. And he was not afraid to just throw f five agility at me and say, okay, I'm at range one. Uh, here's, here, you know, shoot at my five agility ship and, and just kind of disrupt the formation with a five agility focused ship that had Palpatine. So he wasn't focused actually, he was taking evades and Palpatining the the, so you can get like a focus and an evade or a soft focus and an evade um yeah that false transponder code did, did did amazing and we played the one where uh i played against him the one where you have the three and you action to flip scramble it. yeah scramble yeah. the transmissions and um cloaking device really doesn't matter in that one because you can just you know, do a two, you know, five forward or whatever, do a two forward or just put yourself in a spot, decloak, move, get it, and then just recloak or even just go five forward, you know, cloak up and then get it as long as you don't. You don't even have to decloak either because you can just do five forward and he failed his own decloaks on purpose just to keep the cloak token on. Of course. And yeah, and just, um, Again, you can just move, take the action to claim the the objective, and then you still have the Palpatine force to save them plus the five agility dice. So it's 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 a. I would not fly an ISB without a cloaking device. Personally, oh. I, I would. I think just the the mobility that it gives you, the the range that it gives you and the really terrible target that it gives you. And another thing about the cloaking device is you still engage while you're cloaked. You don't shoot, but you engage, which means if you're cloaked and you're just going in there and being disruptive, you can still either pull that token or you can still pull, you know, give that deplete or give that strain while you know, while you're in there and not shooting. So I'm not, nobody's going to shoot you because you're cloaked, you have five agility and you're not going to shoot back, but you're still going to gain that benefit of the, um, the Jingoist native ability. So it's, it's a, it's a really good tool on, on that specific ship. Rereading salvage. Yeah. So I reread the one I, couple days ago i read the line where it's like while a, a ship is towing a supply cache it cannot perform barrel actions boost actions cloak actions slam actions or gain cloak tokens what i didn't read was the final sentence in the first paragraph of top which also refers to cloak which is unfortunately separate from the other but i yeah. understand based on timing order that it needed to be up there after ship performs the tow action it removes any cloak token it has so 
Yep. Sentence structure. How dare you? <laughs> All right. We're going to blow through uh, Andrew Provost's list because it's a, kind of a variation on a theme that we've seen a few times here. Uh, Vizier with Palpatine. Vader in the X1, the only uh, Vader X1 that we've seen out there with Brilliant Evasion, Elusive Pattern Analyzer, Fire Control System, and Afterburners. Not having Defender Vader gives you enough space to bring Seventh Sister in that TIE Advance V1. Brilliant Invasion for a little bit of economy on those force defensively. Crack Shot, uh, which synergizes with her ability. Essentially, kind of you could have the possible double Crack Shot because uh, her ability allows you to cancel evades as well. Plus, Crack Shot could do the same thing. Elusive Fire Control System and Concussion Missile. I think the most interesting thing in that list is that loadout on Seven Sister. Uh, and then you have a double ISB Jingoist with uh, Contraband Cybernetics. Now... For our next list, I want Will to go ahead and break this one down. This is Andrew Oler. This was our only Rebel list to make the cut. Uh, and it is a type of list that we haven't seen in a while. It, it, it never made huge amounts of noise. But I think it – I don't know. Could, could it be a thing? Teach us, Will. What is this? What is going I, on? I was re-looking at it uh, because uh, this is four U-wings, and they all get uh, an extreme amount of loadout for the chassis, much more than I was I thought they would get. Uh, those U-wings are benthic two-tubes to pass off focuses, Cassian indoor to move stress Magvayaro to prevent rerolls and saw Guerrera to give rerolls uh, to friendlies. Uh, Benthic has the uh, the double focus gin combination uh, that uh, works so well with his ability. Cassian actually taking Leia Organa here uh, to help those stomp maneuvers these U Wings love to do. Uh, Magvayaro has the Child and Ursa Ren, a hilarious combination where if you shoot at Magva, you get a lock, uh, but then she gets a lock action uh, through Ursa Ren. Uh, then also you can only spend uh, your lock to reroll one dice uh, against Magva, so pretty funny there. And then Saw has Notorious, Kanan Jarrus, Chopper, Contraband. Sabinex. So these guys take up a lot of space. They have a lot of health. Uh, I didn't really put it into perspective that Ewings only have two less health than a fire spray. Mm. Uh, that doesn't yeah, sound like. And, uh, Andrew talked about this in the Discord when, when people were asking him about it. Uh, he says the one upgrade that is one of the most important pieces in the entire list is Jin Urso. Giving these Ewings evades. They just hang around forever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no so need for Benthic. defensive rerolls. Kill, kill, kill Benthic. <laughs> Benthic's <laughs> gotta go. Uh, yeah. But also, They're... you look like you 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 go to the target party. You're like, all right, kill Benthic. All right, how do we do it? Kill it fast. Get some target locks. Wait, Magma says we can only reroll one. Well, mathematically, reroll one's probably enough most time, but sometimes it's not. It feels real bad. And then uh, if you're single mod in shots, it's not enough. I knew. 
Uh, so yeah, four chunky U-wings, uh, great at uh, the, uh, especially Assault. Assault's got to be their best scenario. Oh, uh, yeah. Where they can just, just move <laughs> this out. This land and is just my post. land. <laughs> this objective's mine. That one's his. Those two are Saws. I'm going to throw out that chance. Might be pretty good for them, too. Like, You have to right. fight them now. <laughs> I'm going to be in this zone. Are you? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the combination of contrabands and... And Leia. Um, and Leia is just, it's just ridiculous with these things because that means you can fly them in tight formations and not worry about bumping yourself and still having uh, a ton of actions. Uh, I, I had no idea you can put something like this on a table. And Dion, this goes back to um, what I was talking about where you get a little more creative and you, you get a little more loose with your lists and in, in online play. Uh, because how many people are walking around with four U-wings? <laughs> Do you? you know, That's it. Uh, I, I, I have four U. <laughs> I, I, have four. Four. I do have four also. <laughs> but, but not a lot of people. I mean, I don't want to play to, them, to be, though, to be fair, for a whole tournament. You, know, you and I and probably Andrew as well. Uh, there's very few people that, that buy five, six. I mean, I have... You guys are going to laugh. I have 13 Jumpmasters. I'm not surprised. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Okay. Yeah, but they're not like all new in have box, you, though. Have they're you all like played a game with there. at least each one? With each one Jumpmaster? Have you played a game with at least each one of those Jumpmasters? I've played four at the most. And I so, usually play no, the three no, that he means like You play the you. blue one, the red one, and the silver one. Yeah, mm -hmm. the blue, red, and silver most often. And then I play blue, red, silver, plus a generic one when I played four. Yeah, yeah but you said you have 13, right? So you're telling me, like, more than half of those 13. have never seen the table? They're open, and then they're in my box, so they may have seen the table by accident because I just grab whatever's at the top. Jeez. But anyway, the point is, most people don't aren't that dumb, um, so they don't have four U-wings <laughs> laying around. So this is the kind of list that that is, is built, you know, it's, it's real, like, uh, our list, like, like the listeners and the people that are going to be watching this on YouTube or listening to this on, you know, whatever app, iTunes or wherever they're listening to, they're not going to go out and buy four U wings because I, I love this list. They're not going to go out and buy four of these. They're they're going to play it online and hope they have friends that can supply them enough to to be able to play this. But th you're not going to see. If, if this had one, most people would try to copy it, but most people would not be able to bring it to Gen Con because of how expensive it is to put this together. All right. I'm going to try this Wednesday the four U-Wings. I'll bust them out. Because I know you all the U-Wings. You're going to Gen Con. We know the answer. <laughs> also, this is one of those, like, not immediately obvious, like, this does pretty well against alphas because it's got the health it's got the defensive modification it's an alpha is going to come up to you they're going to be like i'm going to kill that u-wing and they're not going to kill that u-wing and then all the u-wing is going to shoot at that ship and that ship's going to die yeah <laughs> we have because, three dice cause, too because it's like because it's likely a t65 probably wedge and if he didn't range control correctly and get shot by all four u-wings we he there goes the torpedo oh no i'm dead now <laughs> mm-hmm exactly 
All right. Well, that was our breakdown of the top cut of Malachor. I'm excited to see how things evolve uh, with our next qualifier. You can, of course, check that out by going to goldsquadronpodcast.com. Head to our summary page. And you can see that our next one is August 27th, the Oricon qualifier happening during the Eastern United States time zone. And a reminder to players, because I always get this question, anybody anywhere in the world can play during any of these we just do them at different time zones to you know try to try to make them at different make it convenient for many different people depending on their schedules day not you know whether you work nights or have kids or whatever whatever works for you so that is our next qualifier yes where's australia where's australia Australia didn't show up enough when I had Australia time zone uh, and it wasn't I, I say this with all the love and respect it wasn't worth like after the Australian time Australia zones it wasn't worth that's all I heard I I was that's destroyed it took like two weeks for me to get back on my sleep schedule after doing Australia events I can't I can't I can't do it or oceanic is uh, is the I think the more politically correct term, uh, but anyway, all the love, all the love to our oceanic friends. Um, okay, now here's a question: Who's the best oceanic team playing in the XCC? I think I haven't seen the results currently. Are we going by results of how things are going so far? Or is this just well, let's do both results and. Uh, I thought I remember just... seeing Philippines doing really well. Yeah. Oh yeah. Watch out. So, watch out for But the how many players are actually from the Philippines there? Do they have like four European guys and one Filipino? Like, is that one of those teams? I don't know. All right. So we got we got to actually we got to check we got to check the books. Anyway, Anyway, um, if you're watching live, we'll be we're going to just it, it will nothing will happen for you. But those of you who are listening or watching later on YouTube, uh, you can go ahead and click on the next video where we go ahead and take a look at a bunch of the new stuff that AMG dropped because we got some new toys coming and I have some thoughts that I'd like to share. Uh, but that's the end of this podcast episode. Thanks for listening and watching. Stay smart. Stay safe. Gold Squadron out.